and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we begin the second book of the five books of Moses of the Torah with the book of Shemot which means names and it's also known as the book of Exodus. And uh, the book of Shemot opens with a description of, of, the, of the Klal Israel, of the people of Israel and their gradual slide into slavery. This is not something that happened to them from one day to the next. It took many, many years. And as it says, and it was in those days that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel moaned before because of their labor. They cried out and their sheik rose to God from their labor. God heard their moan and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So slavery didn't happen in one day. It's something that came after Joseph, the brothers died, all that generation died, and little by little, the, the Jewish people became enslaved. And so the Midrash, however, assumes that Pharaoh, here in this Pasuk of Shemot 2.23, that it says that the king of Egypt died, the Midrash assumes that Pharaoh did not actually die, and that something transpired which was even more um, ghastly. So in the, in the Shem Ishmuel, he explains that the king of Egypt died. It means that he got leprosy. And, um, and leprosy is considered as if someone died. And so and the children of Israel moaned. Why did they moan? Why were they, what were they moaning about? And it says in the Midrash, because the necromancers of Egypt, the necromancers were the wizards of, of Egypt, told Pharaoh that he had no cure, that there was no cure for his malady, and that the only thing that could uh, heal him, that could make him have relief from this malady, was that he had to uh, butcher 150 Jewish boys in the morning, and 150 Jewish boys in the, at, in the, at night, and with this, uh, with their blood, he had to put it on twice a day in, in his skin. So this is something horrendous, this is something that we can't even come to imagine and phantom that someone could be so cruel to go and do something like this, but as we see in history, there's a lot of cruel people and cruelty is something that exists in our midst, and uh, this was not a different time. So it says, and God remembered his covenant, our rabbis teach that the miracle occurred for them and he was cured of his leprosy. So apart from this gory comment, there is something quite starting about this Midrash. There's something that is very perturbing. And it says, Israel are eventually saved by a miracle. Pharaoh's leprosy is cured. And it's obviating the necessity for further Jewish bloodshed. However, why did the miracle occur in such a way? Why did it occur by curing Pharaoh? Why couldn't Hashem create a miracle by killing Pharaoh? He should have died. Not that he was healed. This is something very troubling. So it says that why did God choose to, to ameliorate Israel's suffering by healing Pharaoh? is a, one of the questions of the Midrash. And so apparently the recovery of, of Pharaoh was a primary aim. So this is something that was important, that uh, to cure Pharaoh was something that was major, that was something that was needed. 
and that the Jewish people had relief from uh, Pharaoh being cured is secondary. So the first thing, according to the Midrash, is that the most important thing was that Pharaoh was cured. So let's go. This is very interesting. It's, it goes deep and deep, and let's let's continue to learn what the Midrash, how it goes deeper into this situation, so we can understand why Hashem decided to create a miracle for the Jewish people by relieving the bad guy. So let us consider the following Midrash, which describes the burning bramble. The burning bramble is a burning bush. The bramble is a type of tree that is one of the toughest trees. So it says, Rabbi Yossi said, just as the bramble is the toughest of all the trees and any bird that enters it does not come out unharmed, so to the Egyptian subjugation was tougher before God than any subjugation in the world. And this is Shemot Rabbah. And so the Shem Mishmuel says that this is perplexing. How can it say that for Hashem, the, the, the exile of the Jewish people in Egypt was very hard. That was something that was difficult. So it says, does God find anything hard? For Hashem, is anything hard for him? Is it possible for him anything hard? Since he is surely in control of every nation and everything in the world, he created the world, he recreates the world at every instant, everything that happens in the world is something that he decrees. How can the Mishnah say that the, um, the Egyptian subjugation was tougher before God? What, what is it trying to tell us here? So it's asking here, what was the difference between Yetzias Mizraim, the, 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 the exile, the exodus, I'm sorry, the exodus from Egypt, and Kiryat Yamsuf, which is the parting of the Red Sea. Which one is more difficult? Is it for the Jewish people to leave Egypt after 210 years of enslavement, or for Hashem to part the Red Sea? So it says here that Yetzias Mitzrayim, the exodus of Egypt, was harder than the parting of the Red Sea. For with Yetzias Mitzrayim, the name of God is mentioned. It's mentioned many times with the ten plagues that Moshe goes to Pharaoh and says, please let my people go. God send me to, to help my people go. So I am the Almighty, your God. And so whereas at, at, at Kerias Yamsuf, there's no mention of the name of Hashem. So however, we find that the execution of Yetzias Mizraim, of the exodus of the Jewish people from Egypt, required only the finger of God, whereas the parting of the Red Sea demanded the entire hand of God. So this implies that Kerias Yamsuf was in some way more demanding, like you would think that for Hashem, he had to work even harder to part the, the Red Sea than what he had to do in order to help the Jewish people leave Egypt. So there's one more Midrash that helps us resolve this issue and it says, or has God proved himself to come and take for himself a nation from the midst of another nation? This is in Devarim. This is analogous to a fetus in the mother's animal's womb. Just as the shepherd thrust in his hand to remove the baby from the mother, when a, when, a, when a sheep or an animal is giving birth, it needs help. It needs someone to put in the hand and pull the baby out. So too did God do to Israel to extract them from Egypt. So Hashem, in a certain way, was like birthing us, 
when the Jewish people came out of Egypt. He had to pull in his hand and pull the Jewish people out. So the Midrash indicates that Klal Israel were in a uniquely bad situation in Egypt. They were completely assimilated, if it's not because they maintained their Jewish names and they, and they kept the, the Tznias, they kept Tznias, they kept their, their, their modesty and their Jewish names and their Jewish language, they would have been done. They were in the 49th degree of Tumah, of impurity. They, they had fallen so, so, so low. They were completely consumed by Egyptian society. So it says that for Hashem to take the Jewish people out of Egypt was like that shepherd that has to put in a hand inside of the mother's womb to pull out the baby. So we see that anything that affected the Egyptians automatically filtered through to Israel. And just like the mother animal, if she falls sick, then the baby will fall sick. There's an alaha that says that if a, a kosher animal gets sick, he's trafe. He's not kosher. He's not fitting for consumption. We cannot eat him. So if the baby of a cow or a sheep or something, the mother gets sick inside, if the baby is still inside the womb of the mom, that baby also is considered that he's sick and cannot also, can't also be consumed. It's not a kosher animal. So incidentally, this situation prevailed only until the 10 plagues began. So the Jewish people were like that baby that were inside of this sick animal. So now we have to understand why God had to heal Pharaoh first before letting the Jewish people go. And it was the beginning of the, of the cure. So once the plague started, however, the world, world order was reversed. So once Hashem started sending these 10 plagues into Egypt, then the, the, the Egyptians went ballistic. They were completely out of control. They had no control over the Jewish people. They were suffering tremendously. And it was in a, in a certain way, a relief for the Jewish people. So it says in Shemot, no man could see his friend in the, in the ninth plague. It says here that the, the, the plague of darkness, it says no man could see his friend and no man rose from his place for three days. Imagine that the Egyptians could see nothing. They could not stand up from where they were sitting. They, they, it was pitch black. It wasn't like, like your bedroom when you're sleeping at night and you have the, the, the blinds down and the blackout down and then you don't see anything. No, it was even darker than that. It was like if you were blind. And so it said, but for all of the children of Israel, there was light in their dwellings. They could see. This was one of those miracles that the Egyptians could see nothing and the, and the, and the, and the, and the Jews could see as clear as day. So all of this helps us to understand why the Midrash claims that the Egyptians' subjugation was harsher than any other in the world. Because the unique element in Egypt was that, the, that two complete opposites. There was, it was antagonistic, like the Jewish people and the Egyptians could coexist at the same time in the same place. And this is what exile is, really. We're right now in exile, we're in, in, in Galut. And Galut, what it is, is that two opposing forces can exist at the same time. So you can have evil and you can have goodness, one next to the other. They can exist at the same time. 
one person can do an incredible act of kindness in the morning and then in the afternoon he can do something that is evil. So it coexists at the same time. And this is what Exodus, this is what exile means. So the, the, this was the unique element of Egypt was that these two different um, forces could live at the same time and albeit for a temporary period, 210 years, while they were subjugated, Israel and Egypt shared a mother-fetus relationship. This is the relationship, this is what the Shem Mishmuel is trying to explain to us, that the Jewish people in a certain way was that little calf that was inside of that sick mother. So at Kiryam Yamsuf, when Israel, at Kiryas Yamsuf, when Israel was ready, uh, already a distinct nation when they came out of Egypt and they felt that they were separate from the Egyptians, that they were an, a, a separate nation, a, a less remarkable, remarkable display of miracles needed to take over. So uh, because we already felt that we were separate, uh, separate from the Egyptians, we were not that baby calf that is inside of the, of the mother's womb. So <clears throat> it should now be clear why Israel's salvation came not through regular and direct means, but through a cure for Pharaoh's leprosy. At this stage of the subjugation, Israel were sub subsumed completely by the Egyptians before the, the Yetzirah Mitzrayim, before the exile, before the, the I'm sorry, the exodus of, of the Israelis from Egypt, they were like a sick baby inside of a sick mother. And so they needed a treatment. And, and the treatment were the 10 plagues. The 10 plagues punished the Egyptians for the evil they committed and it restored the Jews to their healthy state. So, so we see it here that um, when Pharaoh was murdering the Jewish children on a daily basis and the cries of Klal Israel were going up to Hashem, they were moaning because they couldn't handle more the, 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 the suffering that they were being tortured. Hashem first cured the, the malady and then he was able to, to bring relief to the Jewish people. So I want to wish you a blessed week. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.